0: We have hit a podcast milestone. Have we? Every Christian podcast has to do a porn episode. Yeah. with It's like an unwritten rule in the Christian podcast world. Yep. You have to do a porn episode, yep. and this is our porn episode. So, Jason, you ever looked at porn before?
1: Uh. <laughs> Handily.
0: <laughs> is that a pun there? Yeah, that's an attempt, that one, you know. A double entendre. Yeah. Uh, oh,
1: we should probably give a disclaimer. Yeah. Like, parents.
0: Yes. Like,
1: dad, you listen to everything.
0: You might want to. you wanna, talking to your dad right now? I am.
1: I'm, this is not aside. I'm just talking.
0: I'm just, Hi, just dad. talking
1: to Dave Duncan yeah. right now. Dad,
0: turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> just turn it off. <laughs> And then my dad probably doesn't listen to this, but this is the one episode he's going yeah. to listen to. What? Porn? Hey. <laughs> let's me let let's see what the boy has to say about this. Uh, but anyway, guys, this is the porn episode. So if you guys have little ears running around, you might want to just listen to this with headphones on or make sure that they're fast asleep before you even turn this episode on. So
2: yeah.
0: we got a great guest, too. We're going to introduce you to him. And without further ado, this is not your pastor's porn episode. All right, guys. We got Dan Taylor coming on here in just a second. He's a
1: pastor and comedian, Alex.
0: At the same time. Yeah. Pretty incredible. Yeah,
1: we had to have somebody funny come on to like break the edge off of uh, pornography and exactly. masturbation.
0: Exactly. But one of the things that you know I really want to ask Dan is if he would be a participant in our "Not Your Pastor's Pulpit" series. Yes. And so we're doing this project called Not Your Pastor's Pulpit. We have to plug it because so far we've listened to two amazing uh, submissions of Not Your Pastor's Pulpit from Matt McDonald and Holly, and it's they're incredible. And we've got more coming your way. I can't wait to share them, Alex. You and I have been going back and forth. I want to release them all at once. You're like, no,
1: once a week, man. We gotta do
0: once a week. That way we're not like we don't blow our load too soon. If I want to use a
1: oh yeah. (laughs) Starting,
0: uh, starting startin early. Yes. So, if you guys a little, have, little
1: too soon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you guys want to record a five to ten minute sermon or story, if you have a story uh, about Jesus, yes, and email them to us. Email them to notyourpastorspodcast.com, dot com, and we will put them in our Not Your Pastors Pulpit series, and people will be able to listen to them on our feed. Yeah.
1: Visit www.notyourpastors.com dot com backslash pulpit for guidelines and details on how to submit your sermon what we're looking for and frankly once a lot of these get posted you'll have a pretty good idea of
0: what we're looking for exactly so do that and here's Dan Taylor we're going to rub out this corn episode <laughs> All right, guys, we're here with Dan Taylor. Dan, you're up in Edmonton, right?
3: I am, yes. Edmonton, um, yeah.
0: The land of the Canadians. Yes. You. you <laughs> not, oh, go ahead.
3: The, well, specifically the Oilers. The Canadians are from Montreal, but sure.
0: Yes. Oh,
1: that's yeah. right. You got the whole Battle of Alberta there going on, right?
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: You got to stay away from Calgary. I grew up with uh cbc's hockey night in canada actually my ringtone is the theme to hockey night in canada the old one not the new one the good one and uh so like i would i'd stay up super super late and i would uh you know catch catch the late game which was usually the the oilers or it was calgary or are the canucks and then after that you know See what porns on. <laughs>
3: that, that, you had that experience too? <laughs> so so um, <laughs> That's fascinating to me because like, okay, uh, I grew up with uh, I didn't I lived uh, like I lived way out in the country and I had two channels growing up. One of them was the CBC and but I also had so I sorry I had three channels, but one of them was French. Nice. and yeah, so French CBC would always show the Canadians game and then after the Canadians game would be boobs on television. <laughs> what? And like that was my first experience with with um, I mean it was very very softcore minor league pornography yeah. especially by Quebec standards but that was <laughs> why, <laughs> it was like staying oh, I'm just working on my French mom.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh my gosh.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, no, so
1: so I threw a a feeler out there on Twitter a while back and I said, who should we get to talk about porn? (laughs) And one of our, uh, one of our friends in the twisted sisters podcast said, how about Hillary McBride? Right. And Hillary responded and said, yeah, I'll come on. But you know, I've got a lot of schoolwork and I got a lot I'm trying to get done. I can't come on till later, but Hey, you could talk to this Dan guy and that's like my first impression is Dan's a porn guy. We can talk to Dan about porn.
0: I know nothing else about Dan, but Hillary says, hey, this dude over here is willing to talk about porn. I mean, just a sidebar. He's not just a porn guy. He's a comedian who's really funny. Yeah. Jason would send me your your different YouTube videos and I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy's coming on our podcast. This is sweet. Yeah.
1: so to, So to try to introduce you a little bit, you're a pastor- and a comedian Yeah How, in the, well, how does that work?
3: It, uh, barely um, <laughs> so I, I started uh, So I've been uh, So I've been doing comedy for like five years But I've been pastoring for longer than that And what happened was I was church planning And I was planning a church And I was working a job at the, at the, on the side I was, I was managing a Starbucks for a while And then I was a social worker for a while and then um, we kind of merged my church plant with the with the church I'm at now, and uh, and I was pastoring full time. And I realized pretty quickly that it was really easy to only be around people who believed exactly what I believed. Oh yeah. So I was just like, okay, what can I do that's just going to get me around somebody who's going to disagree with me? And uh, and I was just like, I kind of always liked stand up, and I always wanted to try it. And then uh, I got. Uh, and then I, so I was just like, I could do that. So I, 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 tried it and then pretty quickly people were like, Hey, we'll give you $7 if you come and do, <laughs> 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 and I was like $7, that's sweet. So that's kind of, and one thing led to another and then, you know, a couple of national television appearances later and, and here I am. So Insane. yeah, it seems to be a thing that 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 sticks as far as like uh, sidelines go it's not a bad one
0: yeah for sure (laughs) yeah definitely go on YouTube you guys and just type in Dan Taylor and you'll see a guy get up there and do and stand up and it's awesome. Oh right? yeah,
1: some of your your uh, your skits are hilarious. The one where you're you're texting your mom.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like that
1: is how my sorry dad, but that's how the conversations go with you sometimes.
0: <laughs> that's the second time you've dogged your dad. I
1: know. My dad is an avid listener to our podcast and I already told him in the intro to stop listening cuz it's our our porn episode. So. <laughs> I was like, "Dad, just turn it off. There's no good can come from this." <laughs>
3: So, well, oh, go it's ahead. Just, but, it, but it's interesting be, to get back to the topic a little bit because my first – when I first started doing comedy, Edmonton is known for having like a really filthy comedy scene. Okay, um, interesting. It, it, yeah, it's just like a hardcore blue-collar town and that. So I was just like that was what I grew up with. That was what I came into doing comedy and that's kind of the lingua franca. Everybody's doing stuff about sex and I was just like, okay, so what can I talk about? that is going to work in this world. And what I ended up talking about was, was porn was my first five minutes of comedy. Nice. Porn. Yeah. So I still do that five minutes every once in a while, but yeah, it's uh that's what I started with. So
1: you try to work in like an epic, uh, Jesus juke.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I do have some Bible material and and like, Mm. and I do have some like Christian material, but like, I don't, I try not to be like, I do churches every once in a while, but yeah, I don't, like I, it's about connecting with the audience, and it, especially in Canada, just because we're not as religious as you guys. Like, it, <laughs> <laughs> people tend not to respond, cannot respond well, right? Like, as soon as somebody says I'm a pastor, then the, I can see the entire, the, the 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 entire room start to act weird, and I'm like, relax, I'm not going to ask you for money or like, yeah. Well, let's uh,
1: let's pass the collection plates. I got to collect
0: now.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If I don't make seven dollars, guys, then I can't. <laughs> <laughs> nice
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh goodness so we're talking about porn and i'm kind of curious what you uh dan you kind of said like your first exposure to porn was on the cbc yeah what about you jason oh man oh i don't know <laughs> crank into this i guess i guess so uh, just keep the yeah just keep the porn puns coming, man funny. so
1: you so you're looking for embarrassing Embarrassing stories. I'm looking for what. When, when our, were you first inter- exposed to it? My introduction to porn. Oh, crap. Okay, so I, you know, my parents were divorced, and you know, I think the first thing you do as a kid is you kind of scour whatever you can find. <laughs> am I am I right here? So you know, you get the Sears catalog is like
2: yeah
1: it's like the go to or you know whatever catalogs you can find. Um, Absolutely. but you know my dad was my dad's a former pastor, so he was pretty much on lockdown like I wasn't finding anything at my dad's place, and I wasn't finding anything at home except for my stepdad. oh, this is terrible. this is <laughs> awful. My stepdad had just turned fifty, and somebody as a gag gift got him a beautiful babe's over fifty v h s so of course I'm not going to pop the VHS in. Uh but you know the cover was there and that oh may have gosh. been uh my mom may have found that by my bedside. Oh no, <laughs> dude. <laughs>
0: no. Uh yeah. For me it yeah. was my my parents my parents have like a bunch of books and my dad my dad's an avid reader and he I was like just going through his books, just trying to find something interesting to read. I I don't know. I'm I'm really like history and he's got a bunch of history books. And I'm searching through his books and he's got a book called Sensual Massage. Like a how-to. <laughs> <laughs> and it was printed in the seventies. So that gives you kind of the type of people that are gonna be pictured in this uh, Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and so that was my first I'm like, oh, what's happening downstairs now yeah Who are, why are these people naked and look like they're wrestling like I don't understand
3: <laughs> that's the the weird thing about because like I don't know if you guys have kids yet but like uh, the, one of the weirdest things about being a parent becoming a parent is like oh wait a minute me having sex is going to be the most disgusting thing that one would that some that a person can now think of yeah right um, that, yeah. that's just a weird thing to think about but you know anyway
1: yeah I've got <laughs> I've got three boys who are eight, seven, and four years old, and mm-hmm. I just—I am not looking forward to the teen years. <laughs> the amount of stiff socks we're gonna find. Oh my
0: god! I need to go through the laundry. <laughs> like, like, anyway, not yeah. Anyway, rabbit trail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, like, I think I don't know, Alex. What like porn for us? Our for, like our introduction to porn was. Kind of like this, you know, like honest, like what's on the other side? Exploration. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think, Dan? You kind of agree with that, like?
3: Yeah, I think uh, the, the 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 I mean, uh, as, as a child, you're you're quickly into like, what's this? I'm exploring. Yeah. Um, you know the the issues, you know, and there does come a time when you find yourself going back to that folded up page in the magazine over and over again, right? Yeah. Um, that it turns into something else. And I think uh, a really big shift for me happened when we, because we didn't, like, so I'm almost 40, you know, but we didn't, so when we got internet in the house, yeah. you know, that changed, that was a game changer, yeah, right?
1: Absolutely. So,
3: so, uh, I don't know about you guys, but there was some, uh, there was some heavy browser clearing sessions. Uh, oh my
0: gosh. Yeah. got to cover I, up your tracks.
3: <laughs> yeah. Like when I was, uh, when I was, you know, when I probably about 17, when we first got the internet in the house and, you know, and, and that kind of takes it to another level. One, because it's, it's like the infinite variety of things that you can find. Yeah. Um, but also, like, the, the amount of time it took as well, right? So where it was just like, well, this is the only picture that I have. This is, you know, I'll do what, I, do what I'm going to do with this for the next, you know, 10 to 12 minutes. Um, yeah. Whereas, like, the, the internet was like, I'm going to be up until 4 a.m. You know, like, this was a, a whole different warp.
1: Yeah, except here we had AOL. So it was really, <laughs> <laughs> it was one line at a time, like, a <laughs> yeah, yeah. pixel line at a time. I don't think I we got.
0: Just, oh, go yeah. ahead, Dan.
3: I was just gonna say, like that was a weird experience, just watching like a dirty picture show up.
0: Yeah, wait for it.
3: Uh, yeah, wait, wait for
0: it. <laughs> it reminds me of that Simpsons episode where the comic book guy he's like waiting for a nudie picture to come through on his computer, and it like sounds like as it's buffering, it sounds like a fax machine. Like yeah. <laughs>
1: But that's yeah. that's the thing. So I, I mentioned I've got three boys, so eight, seven, and four years old, and all of them, including the four year old, know how to work a tablet and yeah. work a phone and work it well. Like like my four year old can actively take my wife's phone and be on YouTube in seconds. Yeah. Like you just hit, you know, the, the red icon with the triangle and you're on YouTube. And, you know, we have their tablets on lockdown. So, you know, they're not getting anything. They have kids YouTube. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's heavily censored and that's good. But, like, I shudder when I think about the amount of porn a 12-year-old can access. So, like, their first, like, their first contact with porn isn't necessarily the Sears catalog. It's, yeah. it's some horrific stuff.
3: What we experienced was, was quaint you know, um, compared to the variety, and that's what makes it—that's what makes it dangerous for that, because because even secular people are starting to talk about the effect of porn on the developing brain and how yeah. you know it, it changes brain chem- chemistry, specifically in the developing brain, and and that's a a big problem. You know, um, and, and porn is not a uh, a quantity addiction; it's a variety addiction. So that's what the fact that the internet is infinite variety, it just leaves you to, leads you down this rabbit hole of more and more, weirder, weirder, stranger, stranger. And then it's difficult to overcome that uh, and, and to get back to some sort of normal relationship, right?
0: Oh my
1: gosh. Yeah, I, like it, it's, it, it kind of blows my mind. Like, I, I've, you know, speaking of the secular environment, I pulled up this article on the Washington Post by Gail Dines it, Is porn immoral? That doesn't matter. It's a public health crisis, is the article. Yeah. And she starts uh, listing some stats in there, and she said a Huffington Post headline announced in 2013 that porn sites get more visitors each month than Netflix, Amazon, and Twitter combined. And one mm-hmm. of the largest free porn sites in the world, Porn, streamed six times the bandwidth of Hulu in 2013. Pornhub, another... Major free porn site boasted that in 2015, it received 21.2 billion visits and streamed 75 gigs of data a second, which translates to enough porn to fill the storage in around 175 million 16 gig iPhones. Yeah. Like that is like mind blowing. So like a few weeks ago, because um, I, I really have no problem talking about like, yeah, it's uncomfortable. But I really have no problem talking about porn or masturbation or, or any of that. And a couple of weeks ago, I spoke at a men's group. And it was, you know, some of the, some of the men in the group were older. And they were talking about what we're talking about. They were saying, right. yeah, I got the, the catalog or whatever. And I was like, guys, it's not a catalog anymore. It's a video. Yeah. And it's, it's very accessible and very anonymous and very like affordable cuz it's free and it's all there.
0: Yeah. It's just like all you have to do is go on Google and type in porn. Like honestly that that's how I found it. I was just this kid. I was yeah. like got a brand new laptop with my graduation money and my parents let me have it in my bedroom which to the for them like they had no idea. No. And, and so, like, they just gave me, like, oh, yeah, here's your laptop. He's going to be working on school stuff down in his bedroom. He's like, nah, not working on school stuff down in my bedroom. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, mom and dad.
1: Yeah. And what's, what's like really concerning to me is it's not like, it's not like the Playboy booby shot. It's, it's you know, a, a dude choking a woman with his wiener. <laughs> like,
2: yeah.
1: It, it's brutal. It's, it's like brutal. So, like, you think of the 12 year old, this is their first. Well, this is their first, like, introduction to porn.
3: Yeah.
0: Or See, sex yeah. in it,
3: general. Yeah, sex in it, general. Yeah, this is it. But Sex, yeah. To the point where, like, I've got, you know, I've counseled guys in in, in churches that, in church, that, like, uh, so I, you know, just, to, I, I'm married, I, I, so first year of marriage, you know, and uh, they're doing well as a couple, but he can't, he can't ejaculate inside his wife. Because he's so tuned into porn, yeah. you know that that he can't come properly. Yeah. You know, desensitized. And yeah, so that takes a long time to get over. It's a I, I one question that I have for you guys is how quickly, like, so we had the experience of the the, the catalog and the and the, the 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 magazine that you find in the woods left by the Johnny Appleseed of porn. <laughs> yeah. <somewhere, you> know? <laughs> Or <laughs> yeah. you know the bad. Uh, the you bad don't even know where it comes
0: from. It's just there. Flannel fancies. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. Where <laughs> yeah. the 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 bad kid brings something to church camp, which happened to me. Yeah. Um, oh, no. you know, <laughs> no. Like, how quickly did that turn into a sh- Where you were ashamed of that?
1: Oh, like instantly. Like, he, he,
3: yeah. Yeah.
1: Listen, you don't have to, but just have your fifty women over fifty VHS taken away from you <laughs> 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 to instantly be ashamed of of all things, <laughs> or yeah.
0: or have your dad walk in. What are you doing? N- nothing. Can't sleep. And then he just shuts the door because he knows what's going on. Oh yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm yeah. not mad. I'm just disappointed. That's when that talk happens.
3: Oh. Yeah. But was he disappointed though?
0: That's the thing. That's the other thing I've I've been hearing from from other pastor friends and just people in general like some fathers are just so excited that their their sons are not gay and that they're actually looking at heterosexual porn so it's like ah that's kind of like a win but in reality it's not a win. No. But I've, I've I I've heard that yeah. before. Like I've heard I have like I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard that. People like dads are just like, "Well, at least he's he's straight." And so like, huh? Isn't that sad, dude? Real sad. Well,
3: yeah, yeah. I will defend. There's, so there's a little a part of that where I will def, that I will defend in a little way, where it's just like not that I want to. As a parent, you want your children to take an easier path.
2: Yeah, for
1: sure. <laughs> so
3: when you know your son has his first crush on a girl, you know, like I because I just experienced this recently, where you know my my son had a crush on a girl in his basketball team. I was just like, oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. Not because it's like he's a terrible person and I'm gonna, not going to love him anymore, but he is taking an uh, a, 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 a easier path. You yeah. know? But you're right, where it is this like, uh, I, I, where, where it does become this, this weird interaction that we're going to have with our sons. And I think that one of the concerns I have with it is how can I talk about my sons about this? And we talk about it about the, the stiff socks. And we're not going to think that they're, we're not going to think that they're evil or bad or terrible right? Right. So if I don't think that about my sons, I have a hunch that my dad didn't think that about me, but yet I internalized that.
1: Yeah. Right? You you are exactly right. Yeah.
3: So my question is how can, we, cause one of the things that is so dangerous about porn and makes it more dangerous is the shame that we feel about it. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so wh- I just don't want like I don't want my sons to look at porn, but I also don't want them to be so ashamed of it that they go underground with it and think and start to believe that every sexual desire that they have is shameful, right
0: Yeah exactly exactly. I mean that's exactly what I went through like Jason Jason and I were discussing off air before we started before we called you like talking about the times we got caught and how embarrassing that was and I said, I honestly can't remember that many times that I got caught. Not in not and I don't say that from a boastful standpoint. I say that from a yeah. I was so careful and so manipulative manipulative and just I covered my tracks so well because I was so ashamed and this was a part of me that I wanted nobody to know about.
1: Yeah. And so happy when the bedroom door got a lock on it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: but oh. at the same time Like, and not to get, when I got married, you know, and I started having sex with my wife periodically, um, (laughs) (laughs) it took a while before that I still like felt like a residual automatic shame. Right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. When I was, you know, like, so I I would just have, which is a pro, I would just have sex with my wife, which is perfectly beautiful and normal and good thing to do. And then for like a year, probably. Like I would have this automatic shame response that my brain would turn on, and and I think that there's something in the way that we've talked about this in evangelical churches, and, and uh, that that turns that shame response on to all sexual desire that is really dangerous, and that forces us underground and treats porn as a as, a, as an insurmountable beast, which I don't believe that it is, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean you're saying that there's an element to it that is completely natural. Yeah. That we need to get a grasp on it instead of of just being completely black and white saying no bad. <laughs> we yeah. need, we need to have some grace kind of built into the whole thing.
3: Yeah, and I, well and just even to understand facts that like okay, perfectly normal to like looking at naked women, you know, like Yeah. That that thing the, the the fact that you're like oh that's interesting yeah that doesn't make you evil in and of itself. Um, what we need to do is is to 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 say okay so how are we wh- why are you doing this and 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 uh, and and what do we do and 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 where is it coming from? Especially when you get out of that kind of like teenage experimental years into. The point where you're, you know, where you know, where you're, you're in your early twenties and you're still using porn, or you're, or you're married and you're still using porn, right?
2: Cause, yeah.
3: Because like I met so many evangelical church guys, and I went to a Bible college, so like I met so many guys that were like thought that their porn problem was going to go away when they started having sex, and yeah. then it didn't, right?
1: Yeah, I'm in that camp, and I think we'll talk about that uh, more in a minute because I have approximately half my marriage with porn and the other half without and it's just this huge contrast but to hit on that shame element for a little bit uh from like another angle like i always had like really deep concern even like very early on that i was like inadequate (laughs) like yeah like because i mean uh A 12 year old boy cannot compete with the porn he's taken in like (laughs) you just can't and so like i don't know like i i remember some of my experiences like pre-porn like that that curiosity stage Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and it's like oh man i don't i got another embarrassing story i don't know if i want to share it or
0: not just do it okay transparency my friend
3: Yeah, be brave. Uh, It's just
0: Dan from Canada. You know what?
1: Sometimes transparency is not a good thing. (laughs) Uh, But I remember being pretty young and, like, thinking, like, getting an erection and thinking, man, like, no way would I ever want to be around a girl with an erection. Right. Like, before I'm ever, like, any type of any sex ed or any education and actually... I think I broke my penis
2: <laughs>
0: at a young age. <laughs> like uh, There was an audible snap?
1: Yes, there was. I'm not not really? even joking. Okay. Like and this then got I go weird. I go back I'm to I'm sorry, Dan. I <laughs> know. <laughs> but I go back to like the there's a Simpsons episode where Ralph Wiggum goes, "I think I broke my wookie." <laughs> and I'm like I'm like I'm right there with you, Ralph. The struggle is real. Like <laughs> I, I feel you, brother. <laughs> but, but like, in the same token, like, my early experiences is like, okay, like, obviously, I want to have a relationship with a girl, but my entire focus was on, you know, there was, there's was like this embarrassing element of an erection, but at the same time, it's, I was really focused on what, what would the girl want? What would right. she, what would she want out of this? Like, and obviously you don't you don't really understand. I don't even know if I still understand the word intimacy, <laughs> but like <laughs> you want like some sort of like glorified relationship with the girl before you even get to sex. It's like sex isn't right. isn't the end all. It's the relationship that you're craving. But once porn enters in, or once porn entered in for me, I stopped thinking about all. Uh, I stopped thinking about the girl. As as a human being to have this mutual relationship with, and more as an object, yes, and more from selfish ambition, like okay, this is what I'm going to get, and then it immediately turned into well, holy crap, that dude's huge, <laughs> and, I, and I'm not competing here at 14; it's just not happening.
3: Yeah, and, yeah, it's, it's and,
2: Sorry,
1: go, ahead. go no, it's just going back. Maybe another angle on that shame thing, but going back to that going back to that shame, like. Mm-hmm. Like, you feel terrible on all sides.
3: Yeah. So what, what I see over, like, the, so the la- my experience, so coming out, like, so, uh, you know, I graduated in, you know, the mid-90s, you know, from high school. So the the message that we got very strongly throughout the 90s and kind of like youth group evangelical world culture is that sex is bad and horrible yeah. and to be avoided at all costs, right? The mm-hmm. main goal of every youth group seemed to be to get you through high school without drinking or smoking or doing drugs or having sex. That yep. was the, you know, and if you did that, success. Yep. Um. So as a result, their big concern for us in the, in the mid to late 90s was like, don't date, right? So that whole don't date thing came along. Yeah. Which, was, <laughs> which, which made infatuation in and of itself shameful, right? So yeah. all of a sudden it went from like, I have a crush on a girl, which is a really normal thing. Like for me to have a crush on like Angie McLaughlin, who was in my you know grade seven class, and I'm like, she's really pretty. And hi, Angie. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Like my my stomach feels weird when I'm around her. She's an avid
1: listener to our show, Dan. Just so you know.
3: You know know what? I haven't seen Angie McLaughlin, and I'm I'm pretty sure her last name's not McLaughlin anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just uh, I'm just giving you. I hope I didn't derail. Yeah. yeah. But but so we we went through a period where even that that infatuation was was deemed like that was wrong right because the yeah. fact that you like this girl is distracting you from the Lord yeah. right so if our youth pastors were talking to us about that and then all of a sudden I'm going out to my computer and I and I can download Photoshop pictures pictures of Britney Spears this is a good day right yeah and then like if I'm incapable of dealing with my with my Kind of normal romantic feelings for Angie McLaughlin. How am I going to deal with the fact that like I have this onslaught of the strangest images in the in the internet just flooding into in me all the time? So like, it's really normal for us to not be able to handle this, you know. And then to you know, and, and it's we we haven't nobody had the, basically we, we ended up in a situation that nobody had the tools to deal with, and the tools that we used were, were weren't that great, you know.
1: Yeah, and it's just one of those things. Once you like. It's like if I were here to put like a red button in front of Alex and say, "Hey, don't press the button." <laughs> like yeah. the button is all he can think about. So then yeah. you go to church and they say, "Don't have sex. It's sinful. It's horrible. It's evil until you're married. Then you can go wild." But yeah. but until then, don't do it. And you're just loading everybody up and uh, so that's all they can think about now.
3: <laughs> so because one of the concerns that I had like so and I think one of the reasons why hillary like is interested in the way i talk about this is because i'm i'm concerned about the way that we talk about porn in the church because i think we need to have a conversation about what is the the proper place of sexual desires because porn is uh it, like a lot of people treat porn as if it's the problem and yeah. and i don't think porn is necessarily the problem as much as it's a shitty solution yeah and so my question, whenever somebody comes to me and, is, and says, I'm having a deep problem with porn, my question isn't like, how are we going to get you off porn? That's reasonably easy. Let's take away your access to the inter- internet. Um, the question that I have is like, so why are you doing this? Like, what what problem are you hoping that this will solve? Mm. Um, no, that's so good. History, over the last 15 years of working with people, 99% of the time, it's some sort of anxiety, right? Yeah. Um, masturbation is a great way to deal with anxiety. It's you know? a medicine. Yeah, the the bad part is that for those of us who and and what's interesting is ha- having a lot of secular friends and friends that aren't involved in church at all. They have they'll watch porn and masturbate without any sort of shame factor coming in at all. You yep. know, which which just boggles my mind. Like yeah. I can't. I can't imagine the like what a fundamental shift in my brain chemistry would have to take place in order for me to do any of this without shame. But um, but but what's interesting is that like so you you use this accessible tool to to ease your anxiety, but shame comes along with it because. In the secular psycho psychological world, they'll be like, "Oh, you should just masturbate more and that'll help you with your anxiety." yeah, right?
1: we talked about that a few few episodes ago, when i I had anxiety disorder, and that was the exact solution. Uh, well my second my first my my family doctor said, "Go have lots of sex <laughs> right my sec my my actual first therapist said, "Go watch porn and masturbate like right, and that'
3: Which, yeah, yeah. For an evangelical kid, though, that just sends you deep into a shame spiral of like, now I'm a terrible person.:
1: Yeah, absolutely.
3: Yeah you know So I, I, so whenever I hear someone, I get concerned when I hear about like freedom groups or recovery groups that are that are focused on porn as the problem and not on what's underneath this. what what, what, what are you expecting this to do in your heart and in your soul that really God should be doing for you? Um, and you're asking porn to do for you, right? Yeah. Because th- th- that's where, that—that that, to me, if we don't fix that breakdown, then we're never going to fix anything, right? Mm-hmm. Um,
1: Absolutely.
3: Because I know a lot of guys that got off porn and are like, yay, no more porn, and then very quickly found themselves with a uh, uh, an online poker gambling problem. Yep. Hmm. Or... They got off porn and, and I know one guy who was like patched his marriage up with after the porn problem and then he got a World of Warcraft subscription and started finding <laughs> something playing, 14 hours a day of World of Warcraft, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like we didn't fix the problem, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, just our heart's going to find a different idol to worship. Yeah,
1: yeah, so I I love what you're saying here, and this is one of the things I I address when I speak to men's groups on um, on porn is I can't. This might sound terrible. I can't stand the Matthew five sermon, the the cut off your hand, uh, lust sermon, and uh, kind of, lusting. Uh, and maybe I'm not uh, verbalizing. Be a that quadriplegic well, but, by then. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but my, my whole reasoning is, is, is like, there's an element to that. That's good. And here's my thing is when you, when you're talking Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount and you're doing a 30 minute sermon on a Sunday morning, okay, cut out the porn. I agree with you, Dan. It's a shitty solution because mm. I don't think Jesus stops at just cut off the hand. I think the Sermon on the Mount keeps going. It keeps going for another two chapters. Yeah. And it gets a whole lot dang. <laughs> it gets a whole lot deeper into trust issues, trusting God. And you talk about anxiety and masturbation being a medicine for anxiety, and Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount starts talking about anxiety. Do yeah. not do not worry about what you wear. Do not worry about what you'll put on. Don't you know that your Lord God is good and that he will provide these things to those who seek his kingdom? And yeah. But my problem is, is the sermon can only be 30 minutes long because that's the that's all Planning Center will allow us. We have this beautiful thing called Planning Center at
0: our mega churches. Be where careful. Do not insult the app, Jason. I know it. It can hear you. <laughs>
1: oh Yeah, we've got an app, you know, it tells you play this song here and this is where somebody does the giving and then this, yeah. the preacher speaks for 30 minutes and then you play the song and then you have the emotional response and and, you know... Mm-hmm. It doesn't allow. The sermon's only 30 minutes long, and it stops at cut off your hand. Right. And so the the application is always cut out the porn. Right. And as you're saying, that's not the solution. Yeah. It's a temporary fix. Yeah. If you've got a room in your house dedicated to porn, you know what? <laughs> Get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> it. It would probably be best for you if you cut out the porn. You yeah. know, if you keep looking at porn on your phone constantly, you get a flip phone
3: mm-hmm.
1: like that temporary
3: fix, like but that. Let's understand that porn is a symptom of the disease, yes. not the disease itself. Yeah. And so. Abs- absolutely. And and so the, the, the disease is that we don't feel comfortable on our own skin. We don't feel like we do. We don't feel like anyone loves us. We don't feel like we're deserving of love. We feel powerless. We feel that, you know, if you break it down to brass tacks, that tends to be the the majority of things that are actually going on. If we thought through it, and so as a result, we take hold. We t- literally take hold of something and take control of our situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: if you didn't we, catch that, he's talking about yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, just...
3: <laughs> <penis>. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, and and if we can get to the point where where we're actually addressing that, and not just making you feel more shame because you're grabbing all the pe- of your penis and saying like, okay, well, you're doing this because you don't believe what God is telling you about yourself, right? Which yeah, is man. essentially the biggest issue that we have is that we don't. So God says you're loved, you're valued, yeah, you know that you are taken care of that you are, are worthwhile now and for eternity, and, we're, and we say, I don't believe that, and I don't feel that, and I don't, and I don't you know, I, the world isn't telling me that, so I'm going to do what I have to do to make myself feel like that, and ultimately, it becomes a faith and a worship problem, mm-hmm. um, but again, the, the problem is that we treat the symptom like the disease, and if the only and and if that's all we all we do, then then we haven't really helped anyone, right? Because you can yep. still you'll, if you if you don't believe God, then you're and and you just get rid of porn, which was the thing that was helping you feel good. You're just going to find another thing to make you, you feel find good. something else. Yep, and and a, and a dangerous thing that you can replace porn with is like your self satisfaction at not watching porn right
1: (laughs) oh that's a good one
3: (laughs) (laughs) so then you can be the guy who's going around telling everyone about how you used to watch porn and now you don't and how great you are and then you turn into the the guys from Matthew 6 who are when Jesus says you know same sermon don't do your acts of righteous in front acts of righteousness in front of people in order to be seen by them you know
0: absolutely man it's great how that flows together
1: yeah. It's uh, weird. It's like it's all one sermon or something.
3: Yeah, it's almost like you intended these things to be together. <laughs> you know, and then we can find ourselves in a in a position where, uh, where yeah, where you're you're trying using you know your actions to impress other people, and not only that, you start to to think that the world is going to be impressed by what you don't do. Yeah, you know. And too much of evangelical Christianity has been defined by what we don't do. We don't watch porn. We don't have sex before marriage. We don't drink alcohol in excess. We don't, you know, we don't do all these things. And the world doesn't care what you don't do, right? And if our Christianity is only defined in what we don't do, then it's kind of a sad thing, right? Yeah. It's only in the negative rather than the positive. Dang, Zena!
0: Man, preach it, Dan. (laughs) I feel like that's all like you hit the nail right on the head. Like Christianity is not about what we don't do. Like it's what we do do. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like that, that is so profound. I can't even I can't even handle it right now. Yeah. (laughs) So
1: I guess, I, I guess like to go along with what you're, what you're saying. And usually what I give when I, when I talk about porn and masturbation, um, as from my own personal experience, I, as I mentioned before, f- you know, five, six years of marriage with porn in the background and five, six marriage as five, six years uh, with without porn. And mm-hmm. like, I'm not like bragging about that because I don't I, I think it's more of, of uh, a God thing than anything. Yeah. So our, our marriage hit rock bottom. I mean, mm-hmm. It it tanked hardcore, and especially like right after the second child, uh, you know, life just changes. We're young. We got married when I was twenty; she was eighteen. So your personality changes changes a lot in your twenties, and, yeah. and probably as you get older as well. But our marriage our marriage tanked hardcore, and so we're there with a the therapist, and this this therapist was a godsend really um Mm -hmm. he goes all right out of nowhere you know we come in with all these problems jason you addicted to porn (laughs) out of nowhere he asked this question i'm like no He's like, oh, okay, good. I mean, because a lot of evangelicals, I mean, the stats are almost the same as, as non Christians. So there's a lot of Christians addicted to porn. I was just making sure because you know it, it helps me as a therapist. I was like, yeah, not addicted. He's like, okay, cool, sweet. When's the last time you looked at it? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, dang it, dude. Like, uh, like uh, three weeks ago. Oh, so you look at porn. Well, just trapping you. just. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, he, he had me lockstep. And, yeah. and so, like, yeah, I, I looked at porn, yeah, like like three weeks, two weeks ago. Oh, so now it's two weeks. Yeah. I, I goes, yeah. So he's like, well, how often do you look at it? I goes, well, not that often. And in the back of my Christian mind, I'm thinking of dudes who I work with who talk about sex and porn nonstop. Yeah. And, and I keep constantly comparing myself to them others yeah. my peers i'm not as bad as them and so i don't think i have the problem and then he he asked me those questions well how often and i'm like i don't know maybe once or twice every two weeks but then it comes in spurts where you know i might i might watch porn like three or four times this week and then you know cuz i feel shame you know like i'll go two or three weeks without porn so so he's like on average you know one or two times a week and i'm like <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess that's fair. He's like, you're addicted to porn. <laughs> and I'm like, and when he, like, when he laid it all out there for me like that, I'm like, holy crap, I'm addicted to porn. And for anybody who's, I mean, Alex uh, and I uh, preach a lot in drug recovery homes, like that's like the foundation of any addiction uh, to any, on the road to recovery is acknowledging that you have a problem. Right. And so, but, like, it was at that moment, like, man, I might have a problem here.
0: I mean, I don't want to, again, I don't want to brag about this, but, like, when we do go to those places to preach and to teach, like, it's my only thing that I can kind of relate to them about as far as, like, having an addiction is porn.
2: Yeah.
0: And it's like, I've lived such a vanilla life. I've never done heroin or marijuana or any anything, but I have been addicted to porn for a long time. Yeah. And yeah. so not yeah. not that it's an apples
1: to apples. No. But I remember having this like distinct moment like I think I've masturbated once in the last 5 years. And again, I'm I'm not like I'm not like bragging. I'm not saying yeah. like I'm an awesome Christian or anything. Uh but to go with with uh the points you were making earlier, Dan, I remember specifically <laughs> I'm in the shower and I want to masturbate. Mm. And recounting the words of, like, Luke 12, and again, also in the Sermon on the Mount, is the Lord, your God is a good God, and he knows the things that you need. Right. And I'm telling myself, Jason, do I need this? And, like, on the surface level, like, yes. I, you know, (laughs) I want to masturbate right now. Like, I need this. And... God saying, Do you need this to me? Yeah. And you know, not like he audibly said, Do you need this? I mean, just recounting his word. And then I had this like thought, Well, what if I what if I trust God? <laughs> 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 what if I do this weird thing and I and I trust God? Dang, yeah. dude. And so I didn't I didn't masturbate right then and there. Mm-hmm. I didn't. And it's this weird thing is when I stopped masturbating and i started trusting god more which was not an easy road it was often an angry road (laughs) yeah like no god i want this like right now oh yeah my wife's not putting out for me so i need to take care of this you know i'll get blue balls like that's what the internet said yeah then you start doing like the logical
0: like Yeah, you know, I read this article on the internet that says that uh, ejaculation is actually really good for my health and can can prevent prostate cancer. So I don't want to get prostate cancer, so I might as well masturbate. Yeah.
1: Yeah. uh, So it's it's one of those things. Like, okay, God, how are you going to take care of this? And so, as I started like going longer and longer without, I started realizing, uh, porn and masturbation aren't the problem here. (laughs) No, there's something a lot deeper. My wife doesn't want to put out because I'm a shitty husband. Yeah. And, like, I've got some things to work out. And as as we've been alluding to, and as I said before, masturbation for me was a medicine. Yeah. And it was a cure-all, and it was an easy cure-all. Like, I didn't have to think about all the things that were really bothering me, all the things that were really hindering my spiritual growth, because I could masturbate and they'd all go away.
3: Well, and the damage that it does is all internal as opposed to external, right? Exactly.
1: So, yeah. So if
3: you've got a gambling problem, your bank account goes down and people notice. If you've got a, a crack cocaine or a, or a crystal meth problem, you're going to show it on your body. Yeah. This is an addiction that you can have that that really only destroys you and your family from the inside out, right? Oh, yeah. Which makes it which makes it dangerous yeah. but I think y- you landed on something Im- really important when you're like do I trust God that becomes the basic question because that yeah. question needs to be asked not just with pornography but like do I need to buy this thing that I think is going to make me happy do yeah. I need to play this video game do I need to whatever it is be it you know for me it like you know like I like I went from not using, you know, trying not to use porn to like, I smoked for 10 years, you know, so I I used to smoke cigarettes and then, and then I quit smoking cigarettes and then it was like sugar and carbs. You know, all of those things are, 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 are things that I'm using to medicate myself rather than trusting the Lord to be with me when I'm uncomfortable. And, and one of the basic things that we have to do as human beings, but we're terrible at and I'm terrible at is just being uncomfortable. Yeah.
1: Right? <laughs> oh know? man. Yeah. Yeah. You for know,
3: sure. being, you know, this is why fasting is important, you know, because just to be like, I'm, I don't like this, but sitting in the middle of don't like of not liking it and saying like, okay, but this is, this is part of a, a better process to get me where I'm going. I'm going to be eventually this feeling is temporary. You know, I'm not going to always feel hungry or like I don't have enough clothes, or blueballed, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love how you put them in the same category.
0: Yeah, just all, but, they, yeah. but they are yeah, they, the,
3: exactly. We've all we've treated, you know, uh, you know, we've treated like the, in the church. We play this game where it's like this addiction is okay and this addiction is not okay. So mm-hmm. heroin bad, pornography bad, um, gambling bad. Carbs and sugar, okay. You know, caffeine, Yo, man. okay. Yeah. Workaholism, okay. Oh, Religi- that's another one. <laughs> you know, religious affirmation, those things are okay uh, uh, addictions. You know, rather than understanding that all of these things are a distraction from who we are. And, and you said the most important thing, do I trust God? Yeah. Now you know i'm not going to come out here and say that i live there all the time i don't you know but no i
1: uh, neither do i i want to make that clear too so oh, i oh
3: you
0: guys I, don't do that no, no. yeah
1: <laughs> A- alex does you can tell by his sorry, his sorry. long hair and i'm close because our sweaters match tonight so like i'm i'm feeding off of alex <laughs> i'm
0: just kidding
1: but but yeah i may have like i can say that i've i've i you know i i haven't really masturbated in 5 years doesn't mean I don't have other problems where this same application of do I trust God, I fail at. Giving's one of them. (laughs) It's it's one of those things that comes and goes for me.
3: Well, Mm -hmm. and for married people, you know, and so I don't want to, single people have their own stuff to deal with. But but for married people, like, for me, it was a big thing of do I trust that my wife actually loves me when she says that she loves me,
2: Mm -hmm. right? Yeah.
3: Because I found that if I was like, you know, like I would do the dance of, like, are we going to have sex or not have sex? You know, and but I wasn't communicating and saying, like, I feel really small and like nobody cares about me. And this is a thing that you could give me that would make me feel like you cared about me. You know, yeah. And when I did, when I was vulnerable, you know, yeah. then all of a sudden it did become that intimacy, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a, a word that we bandy about, but that's how sex becomes intimacy is that it goes yeah. beyond the act to like being. I'm letting you into my weakness right now and, and I need you in a way that I didn't expect to need anything, you know? Yeah. And I, and I can find a solution to this problem in this, in, you know, on, on, on you porn in a way that's going to make me feel bad about myself later. Or I can, I can ask you to, to help me out. And, and that is when you start to have really good sex, right? Yeah. When that vulnerability and that, uh, that intimacy comes in. Um, yeah. Can I just ask, can I ask you a question about like so did your wife know that you were using porn beforehand? Uh <laughs> no.
1: It, she knew a little bit and I can shamefully say this, this is this is really shameful, is uh she was not a big fan of porn and I kept mm-hmm. trying to push it on her.
3: Oh yeah,
1: it oh, was wow. yeah, so that takes it to a whole nother level of of yeah. Jason's an asshole. But I yeah, I would constantly like, "Hey, you want to watch this or you want to watch that?" And oh. and a lot of times she was like, "No, not not interested." Uh and then like, you I'm know, just here I am like more
0: and more of my life is so vanilla. Yeah, and so <laughs> like
1: like here I am like super Christian because I was going to a like a super fundamental legalistic church at the time that we don't go to anymore. And I was excelling rapidly at this church. Oh man, I, you know, I could, I could do all the arguments and I could make them well. and you know, we didn't we were there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, and uh, doing Bible study twice a week. Not, not only that, it was 30 minutes away from our house, so we're making that drive and that commitment. Yeah. And, and we're giving 10 percent, and I'm excelling in all these areas. I want to be an elder. And on the back end of it, here I am at night trying to, trying to get my wife to watch porn. Like, mm. you talk about being the head of your household and, and leading your family. Yeah. And, oh, man, like the stupid stuff.
3: So, because yeah. one of the things that I've seen with, cause, and I. I'm just imagining that there's somebody listening to this that it's like he's finally going to come clean to his wife or 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 her husband about her porn addiction, um, and I've seen this happen dozens of times where like where per, person X comes clean about their porn addiction to their spouse and they feel great because they've been carrying this like deep dark secret forever and then yeah. they take off the, they they bring it out into the light and they're like yay I feel so awesome now and that's good, but then the spouse who either didn't know or didn't didn't know at all or didn't know the entire spectrum of how bad it was is all of a sudden like they now carry this burden that you just took off right
1: yeah, exactly mm-hmm. that's that's what happened through i that's almost exactly what happened through our therapy as i felt so really like, Relieved, like okay, here's this addiction I really didn't even know I had because you know, let's be honest, I'm a Christian, so I compare myself to everybody around me, and as long as I'm just a little bit better than everybody else, God's gonna love me and I'm gonna get to heaven. Like that's just the way, you know. <laughs> that's just the way I had reasoned in my mind that it works, and it it doesn't work. So there.
3: not the gospel though, right? I, like-
1: exactly. Yeah, and and like in this whole entire story, like I can't get into all of it here but we ended up going to a new church and here i hear the gospel for the first time at this new church and it's like holy crap i have been missing it big time
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, so how did your wife handle that like how long did it take her to kind of walk through that do you think
1: oh i don't know i don't i don't want to speak for her. it was not it was not a fun time in the relationship that is that yeah. is for sure and it's not like it switches overnight. Well, I said it right there. I mean, you know, I had this porn addiction and I stopped looking at porn. And then yep. I, I stopped masturbating on top of it. And then I, I, I said, well, she's not putting out. Well, of course she's not putting out. Like, she didn't know how terrible my porn addiction is. And, and um, you know, all the stuff that does to her, you know, internally
3: mm-hmm. of
1: I'm not beautiful enough. I'm not enough for them. And she's right. she got to work through all this. And so we went through a long spell where, yeah. where it was just, it was a lot of incredibly hard work. Um, mm-hmm. I honestly, I don't, I don't know if I can recall off the top of my head at the point at which it turned. Um, I can't recall that, but it oh. did. I know it did. <laughs>
3: Yeah, it happens eventually. Yeah, um, yeah, that's incredibly important.
1: Yeah, I know there was a lot of nights there where I'm really like, "Man, do I trust God to handle this?" Because we, like we trust God with everything else, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can put, uh, "I trust God to
0: take care of this" or "take care of that," and we, you know, you can make it your password so that you have to type "I trust God" before you get on Google to look at <laughs> porn. <laughs>
1: well, you know, like, you know, I've had seasons where I have been good with giving. So, you know, you give um, sacrificially and, and those moments of, you know, sacrificial giving, stepping out on faith. It's like, okay, I trust God. He's there. He's going to take care of me. This is okay. But when it, when it comes to sex, it's like, okay, I trust God to fulfill my sexual needs. Mm-hmm. And now the topic switches because I think we've made it so selfish and so personal. It's like, no, we're not going to give that one over to God.
0: That's the thing that's crazy to me. Like, sex is this thing that God has created. It's not like he doesn't know about it. Like, we can hide from him in the bushes. (laughs) Like, he knows it's happening. And we still try and hide it from them and try and say, nah, God, this is this is kind of like my thing and this is something that you can't help with. You can help me out with being more generous and giving money, yeah. but you can't help me out with sex, obviously. And it's like, no. Read Song well, of Solomon, buddy. Yeah, but
3: that's, that's also <laughs> where we become... That's like where we've had this kind of creeping Gnosticism, right? Where the body is bad, right? Yeah. So if what's good is spiritual and what's physical is bad. Therefore, yeah. you know, I'm going to... You know the the I'm not going to uh to to exercise it uh, its to uh, you know uh, all sex is bad, you know, and we we're here talking as guys, yep um and most of our and we have i i see most men even with the porn problem, even though the porn problem exists in women it's 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 less common women have just as many hang ups about their own sexual desires as we do or more probably more yeah uh, um so I've just heard of a lot of Christian couples that, like, they get married, you know, and and guy thinks, like, sex is going to be awesome, you know? And it's hard for some women to make the switch from, like, I've been saying, no, my entire life, this is horrible and bad, to switch into, now this is good and we can explore whatever we want to do, you know? And, yeah, that's a huge problem. And to create a safe space for that to happen and to to under to, to talk to couples before they get married, and I do this as a pastor, but... We should all be doing this a little bit more. But like, if your sex life is bad in your first year, wait five years. <laughs> it, it gets better, you know. Like it gets better. It, yeah. like have like, been married fifteen years now. It's better fifteen years in than it was five years in, right? Like, amen. So, you know, like you, you know, th- th- if you if your marriage is bad now, wait five years. Like just because these things, if you work at them and you understand that it's better, it has a tendency to get better. Now, obviously, I want to say if you're in a violent situation or if somebody is like hurting, don't, you know, don't stick it out for five years. Yeah, You know, but if it's a like, you know, if it's not a a situation of violence or or emotional or physical abuse, then, you know, stick it out. It's it's good work to do and learn to be uncomfortable, you know, like that's what, you know. I do the, the, that's, you know, I'm learning this a lot lately when I'm trying to get in shape, but like a huge part of just being a healthy human is learning to be uncomfortable. Yeah. I just can't like,
1: like, I think it should be celebrated and it probably never will be, but can we just bring back like the nocturnal emission? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> like <laughs> Alex is like shaking his head. He's dying over here. But I'm, like I okay <laughs> side side story. like I remember so we were so we do these prison trips and we go into prisons and we preach the gospel and we put on like a show for them and whatnot. And so one yeah. night we're we're hanging out in the hotel room. we're gonna get up super early to go into one of these prisons, and there's a couple guys we're all sharing this room, and I said, you know what, guys? i just I just feel like we really need to just do like a devotional or something before. Before we go into the prisons tomorrow, I think it's it would be wise to do that. So I opened up to, uh, gosh, I can't think of it. Is it it's Deuteronomy like seventeen or eighteen? Mm-hmm. And, t- and I just started reading about the nocturnal emissions, and they're like, "Gah, come on, Alex." <laughs> 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 I am like, "Sorry, guys," but that's like,
1: like I am I am kind of half being serious. Like when I stopped masturbating, and I said, "Okay, God, you take the wheel." <laughs> Like, let's like, let's see how you handle this. God, that was one of the things like I started having wet dreams. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like that was kind of an awesome dream. Like,
3: I I don't know. Like, I
2: swear,
1: honey, it was about
0: you.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's the, that's the, like the strangest and weirdest. Con- because like my wife had no constant, like she had heard things, but she was just like, what? You know? Yeah, and like and she's like, like what? Is, like you know, well, like why is the bed wet? And I'm like, ah.
2: <laughs> But uh, but really, still, that you know,
3: she's like, were you masturbating? And I'm like, no, I wasn't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you're like celebrating,
3: like <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, it's fine, I guess. It's yeah, so weird. <laughs> win like
1: that's like that's like the only situation you could completely wash your. I did nothing. I did absolutely <laughs> nothing. Like it, it totally happened. All on its own, and like, I think that should be the point. Like, because if you masturbate all the time, you're not gonna have wet dreams. Like, it's just, yeah. it's not gonna happen. So, I think like that should be like, that should be the goal. The goal. yeah. Like, like, yeah. Let's celebrate. Alex yeah. had a wet. Like,
0: <laughs> why you, why are you singling me out? Uh, well, I'm just, I'm just saying, Alex. It's been a while since I had a wet dream. <laughs> It's, been, it's also been a while since a rabbi said I've been unclean. So maybe we can get yeah. that going again. Well,
1: like think about it, like biblically. What did they have to go out of the camp for,
0: like, a couple of days? No, and, that like, was that was for if you were menstruating. Yeah, yeah. but the like seven
3: days, seven days was for menstruating. But for uh, I think you had to like you had to go wash was,
0: in the ri- wi- river, didn't? Wasn't you? Wasn't it one day? Oh, yeah. I'll, I mean, uh, we I'll
1: should, write a blog about it this yeah, week. Yeah, we should get biblical <laughs> and, and look it up. I thought it was one day, so it's like. All right. Not only did I have a wet dream, I get to have like a vacation day, like yeah. <laughs> afterwards. Like, yeah, hey. I'm like
3: I, Sorry, I can't hang out with anyone today. I have to. I have to go do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got. I got to take care of some things.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but like, I don't know. Like, one of uh, my pastor friends was telling me, like, because he worked a lot with. Uh, um, uh, he works at a school, and he worked a lot with uh, foreign exchange students. And they come in and they're, they're learning how to speak English. And when they have, like, the that turning moment for them is when they have a dream in English. Right. Where the dialogue is in English, like, they celebrate it the next day. It's like, I finally, like, made it. Like, I had a dream, something I had no control over, and it was in the language that I'm trying to learn. And huh. I, I understood it and everything. And I'm thinking, man, I wonder, like... Like, shouldn't we celebrate like the same thing? Like, I haven't masturbated in forever, and now I—I I don't know. Maybe I'm going too far with this, but
0: just a just a five <laughs> minute conversation about wet dreams. Do
3: the best I can, man. I, like, know. No. I know, I
1: But I keep looking over at Alex, and even though we have matching sweatshirts on, he's just like, nope. It's, yeah, <laughs> too much. I mean, you're too going, much. you're trying to stretch it.
3: Like, I, I think, but I also think that for. We get too binary sometimes, and yeah. and I think that all porn is bad, all porn is is exploitative. But if you're using porn daily now, yep. you know, you try cutting it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because sometimes we think that porn is this, like, well, it's this horrible beast that I can't ever have any victory over. And it's like, yeah, you can, actually. Like, this yep. isn't that – like, this is a – this isn't so great. This isn't like God curing cancer or something like that. Like you can just not do this anymore. Like, you yeah. know, sign up a thing from one of your, you know, Is it you know, like put, put, if you're a teenager, put your computer in a public place, not in your bedroom, you know? Yeah. Like if yeah. you're all of like all of the, if you're a, you know, if you're a grown person and you live alone, like, and you really don't want this in your, in, in your life, like take your, don't have a computer, don't have a computer in your bedroom anyway. You know, like that's just a general <laughs> yeah. rule. But like, you can, you don't need to be afraid of this. And I think sometimes the way that we talk about it uh, and all kind of sexual dysfunction within the church is we give it so much, Oh, oh no, wait, that, that everybody feels so afraid of it that they can never have any kind of victory. And it's like, no, you can't actually, you know, you can, you know, you're, you, you don't have to, these desires are part of you and we don't have to be afraid of them.
1: Yeah. Going back to an, an earlier question, Dan, you asked me like at what point in my marriage did it change and mm-hmm. like I've been thinking about that since you since you asked that question and like it started to change when I grew more in tune with her. So like mm-hmm. we did we did little things in our relationship uh like every Friday night's date night for us. Yeah. And with our three kids, obviously we're not getting a babysitter every Friday night. That would be terribly expensive. But yeah. you know, we put them to bed, we we starve ourselves through dinner. And then we order takeout and we binge on Netflix or watch something stupid. But we have this this like this like dedicated dedicated time where we're together. And like um, I don't know if you you you're a pastor, so you probably read the book like the five love languages or whatever. Oh yeah. yeah. And like over time, I think ours is ours has changed to once you start having kids and they start they get into school and you're just running from event to event to event to event. It's like. Mm. The thing that both my wife and I cherish is quality time. and Yeah. And we get that on our Friday night. And we may not do anything. It may be the most like boring, stay-at-home-in-your-pajamas Friday night you could ever think of. And we just love it.
3: Oh, that's staying at home in your pajamas is one of the best things that you could do.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like, just like complete wind down from a terrible, awful week usually of of this kid screaming or that kid getting hurt or this kid being
0: sick and, and that just sounds so mature. I'm not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still well, I'm still a f- I'm still physical touches Well. Love <laughs> yeah,
1: that comes it comes in year year 8 or 9 of marriage. Okay, maybe. I'm still I'm on but, year
0: 4, so I'm good.
3: Yeah, but the other thing that you're going to learn is that like putting out the garbage and doing the dishes and and buying a bottle of wine and a bag of chips and like, you know, like those those are foreplay. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Like for dudes, we just approach it differently most of the time. Most most men, and I want to don't want to overgeneralize, but most men, we can you know like our sexual experience starts when 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 genitals start being exposed and stuff like that. You know? Yeah. Whereas like for my wife, it starts you know like I you know send her a, you know like I, I send her an invitation to you know like I'm at the stage now where it's like. I set an appointment for, a, a sexual appointment in our Google, shared Google calendar for Friday at 1045, you know, like that's the world that we live in now, yeah. right? And it's just like, and it starts like the week beforehand where it's like, okay, mentally prepare for this, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, uh, but uh, so I think that that's part of it is like learning. One of the things that porn takes away from you is it's so easily accessible yeah. that you forget how to woo someone you know and and it's really important as a husband that you one of your one of my jobs is to woo my wife consistently not in a you know not in a way that it's like I constantly have to prove myself to her but but in a like I still think that you're hot and value you and you know want to impress you you know Um, all of those things still matter and and one of the things that porn takes away from you is that it's so easy that you're just like you know you make the first you know advances at someone that you're interested, interested in sexually and they turn you down and you're like, you don't know how to handle not getting exactly what you want at any moment. So you go back to porn and it's like, no, yep. it's supposed to be hard. That's <laughs> yeah. it goes, it's supposed it, to be somewhat difficult.
1: It goes back to that medicine thing. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah so in a couple of months here, we're going to have uh, Hillary McBride on and we're going to revisit this conversation probably more from the female perspective so i'm Mm -hmm. kind of curious like she's going to listen to this and tell us everywhere where we were wrong
3: (laughs) (laughs) well and this is like oh so so hillary is just incredibly smart and like i have a lot of trouble keeping up with her because like i feel like a dummy a lot of the time but um the other thing is that that like human experience matters so she's going to talk about a lot of like she can talk for days about like how our brains work, yeah, you know, and that's really important. But it's also important, like this is how we feel, you know. Yeah. So those things matter as well. And and yeah, I, I, like I'm pretty sure. I don't know if Hillary's going to tell us we're wrong, but we're like not seeing the whole picture. You yeah.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I don't realize your neurons are doing this, guys. Like, oh well, dang it.
3: The, the chemical thing that's happening, like when we're when we're jerking off, and the, and why why masturbation is an effective anxiety medication. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, um, so I, I, I guess another question, the, the last question that I'd have for you guys is just okay. like, so you've got kids, how are you going to deal with the porn conversation with them?
1: <laughs> I'll have them listen to this podcast.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> yeah.
0: The more uh, plays we get, the you know, more likely sponsors are going to pick us up. So yeah, we'll just yeah, get the yeah, next yeah. generation
3: in it. Well, that's like, yeah. the, honestly, Please, one year old
1: podcast yeah well honestly one of the things that i'm doing through this podcast is collecting intel <laughs> right? and i hope others are too so they can hear our words about not shaming our sons and mm-hmm. that's that's one of the big things. my wife has been talking about this for years is mm-hmm. we're not going to shame them i don't necessarily know what that looks like off the top of my head uh my wife has a lot clearer picture of that and I'm really relying on her uh guidance, but um yeah, that's one of the things we're really going to try to focus on is it's natural let's not let's not shame them on masturbating mm. let's yeah not, let's not shame them in their curiosity for hey what's a what's a naked girl look like right like because didn't God kind of wire us that
3: way? Yeah, and, it certainly seems like it.
1: Yeah, and so yeah, I I want to make sure that that you know my early sex education, as you pointed out, came from the church, and um, which isn't a sex education. It's just don't don't <laughs> no. do it. don't do it.
3: <laughs> you know, this is bad. Don't talk about it yeah. or ever do it. Yeah, mine was yeah, from I movies. I, like so. the only <laughs> thing that I've done, and my my oldest daughter is twelve. And then I have a a nine-year-old and a six-year-old, um, uh, two boys. Um, a lot of small conversations are better than one big conversation. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're trying to do is like have a lot of short conversations about like, you know, why to be safe on the computer not directly, but 12 year old we started talking more directly about these kinds of things, but yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I kind of, like, right now, I kind of take the same approach when we talk about, like, teaching them the Bible. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a—I might be terrible for this, but I'm not a pastor, so I don't care. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: I don't have a nightly devotion with my kids. Right. Uh, but when they start asking questions, it's like, we're there to hammer out some answers, or, or at least to the best of my ability, as I understand it at the time, answer, you know? Yeah, and so yeah, to go in with your with us, lots of small conversations. I really like that.
0: I'm not looking for. I mean, I want to have those conversations, but at the same time, like, I got a I got a one year old right now, and that's the only child I have. Is like, she's just so innocent and cute right now. I just don't want this stage to end. (laughs) I don't. I know the talks are going to be good, but it's like, just can she just be sweet and cute and cuddly for forever?
3: Yeah. and and i and i think especially i feel this is a father of a daughter and i get and 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 i think that we do this in the church we feel like we're more we're so concerned about the world what the world is going to do to our kids but yeah. i think it, i think it can rub off on them where they start to live fearfully as well which is not what we've been called to right
1: absolutely
3: mm-hmm. we have given a spirit of fear so i'm really trying to intentionally make myself more excited about what my kids are going to do and give to the world as opposed to what the world is going to do to them and when you make that shift you have to intentionally grab hold of that piece of you that's like but i got to you know that that freaks out all the time yeah. you know yeah and 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 especially as a father of a daughter i think it's i can you can really fall into this Sort of like mmm, anytime I'm, I'm going to beat up all the boys and you know and all that kind of nonsense,
0: yeah. you know and,
3: and I think it's and and then she gets a thing like, I guess I'm not capable of handling the world, you know, yeah, and that's, like no, you are actually <laughs> that's some good you know, wisdom I, right there, yeah, trying to be anyway yeah, um,
1: yeah I know my father in law uh came into the room scratching his chin with his handgun. <laughs> <laughs>
0: they there going to be a problem here, son? <laughs> Wait, so back up a second, because I'm a gun guy. Yeah. He was scratching his chin with a gun, which is Alex. one of, it, one of the firearm rules. It wasn't loaded. It was all for sure. Still, show. you have to treat it like it's loaded. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Yeah,
3: not a thing that generally happens in Canada, Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that, that's, you know, but the weird thing is, too, like, I know my daughter, and- she is not going to have any patience for stupid boys, but if I a, a stupid boy could become kind of interesting if I hate him. You know? Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> like that. Don't touch the button. She's just like... rebellious enough that it's like, yeah, Dad's going to hate this guy. That'll be kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't want to fall into that uh, place.
0: So, Dan, do you have any kind of like? And again, thank you so much. I'm looking at our call recorder and like our our interview has gone an hour and 17 minutes thus far. <laughs>
1: yeah. Not to mention all the, the half hour of troubles beforehand.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for sticking out with us, but do you have any, uh, like, uh, closing remarks on pornography or, or maybe something that you'd like to say to the church about the particular subject?
3: Well, okay, two things. One, your, se- your sexual desires are not bad. They were created there and put by God, whatever your inclination is for, you know, like, You're okay, you know. Um, But we don't. We aren't bound by having to act on this, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, I I think that to come to terms with the fact that we are sexual beings is the first step in, like like you guys said, into being able to ask yourself in the question of when you find yourself wanting to act on your sexual desires, do I trust God, right? And I think that's the most important. So. So in the midst of that, you have sexual desires. That doesn't make you a terrible person. That makes you a normal human. Um, now ask yourself the question, do I trust God to provide for, for me in these things? And, and that's where the question gets difficult because our society has taught us that the highest of human experiences is the orgasm, right? Yeah. And we don't have a real relationship with another person and we're not really fulfilling ourselves as human beings unless we're, we're, we're having orgasms. And that's not what God teaches us, right? So it's, and, and that, that isn't the most satisfying experience that we can have. So, so how do we rely on God in the midst of thinking I'm supposed to, uh, of that expectation for, of, of ourselves and also for the world that we're supposed to be having orgasms, um, that, that I'm going to trust God to provide for me in this moment of time. So I guess that's the, the thing that I... I want to that the, the last thing I'd say, you
1: know. Yeah. I mean, Hillary is right, you're a good porn guy. <laughs> 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 so, I think to close out our episode here, um do you want to end with a lightning round? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Why not? Let's do it. Yeah. Do you have questions prepared? Um no, but I th- I think I can come up with some off
0: the top of my head. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know where, I know where he's going with this. Okay. So, I hope you're
3: not offended. No, 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 I'm I'm not easily offended.
0: So,
1: Dan, what's your favorite sport?
3: Uh, right now, probably soccer.
1: No,
0: it's hockey. It's, it's hockey. it's yeah. hockey. You're from no, Canada. No,
3: I, my, <laughs> <laughs> I do like, uh, but my, my, my hockey is limited to the, uh, to the Oilers. Like, soccer at this point, like, I'll watch, I'll watch like, second. I w- when I w- we went to Mexico last year, and we went to a second division Mexican League soccer game. So that was nice. I, I think it might be soccer more than hockey right now.
1: Oh, okay. Next question. What's your favorite bacon?
3: <laughs> we only have bacon. <laughs> Canadian bacon is not bacon. <laughs>
2: <Man>. <laughs> <laughs>
3: we don't call it that. It's just bacon. Bacon is bacon. And, and it's all beautiful and wonderful.
1: All right. What's your favorite holiday?
0: Uh, uh Dan, I'm so sorry. <laughs> All weekend? I don't know. No,
1: it's Thanksgiving because you have two of them. Like
3: every <laughs> everybody knows.
2: <laughs> no, no
3: see American Thanksgiving We have Thanksgiving And then American Thanksgiving is a day Where I can d- randomly watch football in the afternoon there, <laughs> so, there you go And as a pastor who makes my own hours I could just be like I'm taking this afternoon off <laughs> <laughs> The Lions are playing the Cowboys That should be fun <laughs> Yeah, nice um,
1: oh my It usually God. ends with a Lions loss
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean I uh, Matthew Stafford might be good again <laughs> Might be, we'll see.
1: Yeah, what's what's your favorite beer?
3: Um, uh, there's a local red ale that I like. Um, Dan, everybody but... knows it's Labatt. <laughs> <laughs> um, our Molson.
1: I feel like this is like borderline
3: super <laughs> rude. I drank Labatt Blue as a kid, and they also have Molson Canadian, but Molson Canadian is awful.
0: Yeah. You wait, let's backtrack a second. You said I used to drink Labatt Blue as a kid.
3: Well, in Canada, <laughs> you start drinking at, like, 11. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't
0: even have to ask that
3: stereotype
1: question. I, I, I grew, like, I grew up own. in
3: the East Coast, so, like, we were all binge drinking at, like like, East Coast of Canada, binge drinking is, like, a thing, you know, like... It's not, yeah, like, you're just downing a lot of beer by the time you're, like, 12, 13, 14. Nice. (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
1: So, obviously, just having some fun and playing into some uh, Canadian stereotypes. Oh, yeah,
3: absolutely. But
1: (sighs) is there anything, Dan, you'd like
3: to push before uh, you got a website or anything? Yeah, you can go to dantaylortalks.ca. Uh, that's, that's where my web stuff is. And yeah, like, and, and you can, if you want, you can look at my comedy. If you want to book me, you can book me through there and you can just follow me on Twitter at Dan Taylor doc. Just Google anything. I'm trying to not have a social media presence right now just because I think it turns me into a worse person. Yeah. So, hey, so man follow I follow me there, you know? Yeah cool
0: man well thanks again so much for just coming on here and just talking about one of the most awkward things we can talk about but we found out that it shouldn't be that awkward we should talk about porn more often
3: and maybe it wouldn't be such a huge problem and and i think that one of the and you know one of the things is men we should all admit that we all have a porn problem it might not be active (laughs) you know yeah you might not be actively looking at porn right now but but it's a it's the habit is hanging out there looking for all of us, you know? So, and it, it's that, that question over and over again, do I trust God in this moment?
0: Absolutely. Cool. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, yeah. we're going to, no uh, we're going to do, we'll do a picture real quick. Real, oh. real quick. <laughs> yeah, see what Jason, that was our porn episode.
1: Yeah. I mean, here we are with our candy cigarettes after just a satisfying, wow, long-lasting, wow, very fulfilling. Oh my gosh, I am <laughs>
0: embarrassed beyond all belief on porn but and I masturbation. Yeah, basically. I mean, they go hand in hand. Like, I mean, who just watches porn just because? Quick joke. Yeah, you know why they called him Darth
1: Vader? Why?
0: Because masturbator sounded suspicious. (laughs) Gosh.
1: Where is this coming out of?
0: I don't know. It's because it's almost 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, it's late. And you're leaving for Tennessee. I'm leaving for Tennessee. So by the time you guys hear this, Jason will be back from Tennessee, and he'll probably have stories from his Tennessee trips and uh, visiting Richard Jacobson, possibly, and all those great things. But this episode is a longer episode, we hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you guys liked Dan. We really love Dan. Oh, Dan he was, was a great we person. We want to have him on again. Yeah, we're going to. And so uh, in the meantime, if you if you just can't get enough of Dan and you're like listening to this podcast and you're like, man, I want to listen to more Dan stuff, just go on YouTube, type in Dan Taylor oh, and yeah. listen to his stand up. I
1: think it. I typed in Dan Taylor stand up in YouTube and you'll get some of his quick bits and they are they're funny.
0: They're, they're really funny. so funny. They're 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 great. Yeah. But anyway, Jason, I want to talk about something that's not great. And that's the Detroit Red Wings. Mm. They're sucking it so bad. So I think Mm. before we close the episode, you got to tell the Detroit Red Wings the one thing, the one thing that they need to do in order to be successful as a hockey team. And that thing is always keep your stick on the ice. Have a good night, everybody.